0: doctor look stand aside nurse i'm dr homebrew
1: hey thanks a lot for joining us everybody it's dr homebrew we are back here with another episode and of course, we are back here with our close personal friend, Colin, who I think is now third chair or something like that, because he's his 67th uh, time on yeah, the fourth show. There, I guess. Yeah. 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 What's going on, Colin? Welcome back,
2: dude. Uh,
3: just another day. Yeah, Appreciate good. you having yeah. me, guys.
2: You are yeah, well, totally the hypochondriac of this show at this point. Oh yeah. Man. Yeah. Your
1: checks keep cashing, so uh, we keep having you on. <laughs> That's basically there you go. We're at right now in our careers. We're just like, oh, there we go. Uh, before we get to your beers, though, I do want to thank Five Star Chemicals. Go to starchemicals.com and learn about the best ways to make your homebrew better, which is to clean it and to sanitize your equipment and do all that kind of fun stuff. And you do that with Five Star Chemicals. You don't do it with anything else because anything else sucks. That's just what it is. That's my opinion. They're not paying me to say that, but uh, you listen to me because I know exactly what I'm doing. I've uh, won multiple awards for a mm. brews, and word <laughs> <laughs> well i just i just i got one and then i cut it in like several you know pieces <laughs> um anyway five star chemicals five star chemicals.com they uh they help keep the show on the air and uh, we really appreciate them they're big believers in what we're doing and we believe in what they're doing which is uh sanitizing and cleaning but in the opposite order
2: it's really weird to have somebody believe in me Uh, Or us. So I think that's great. And I appreciate five star because, you know, they keep me from, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah. For keeping you from whatever. That's absolutely right. (laughs) I I
2: still remember the day that JP
0: called me uh, at my home and said, you are now officially uh, a co-host for a show that is sponsored by five star chemicals. And I was just like, wow. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better sponsor.
1: Absolutely. Especially not for this show.
0: Because I use I mean, it, it all the yeah. time. It
1: is perfect. Yeah, it is perfect. Uh, we were kvetching a little bit before the show started about, um, there's a, a local, not a local, but it's a Bay Area brewery who's making a, 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 a lager for the San Jose Earthquakes, like one of the players or whatever, uh, MLS. And it's a hazy lager. And it just makes me mad, man. My back mm. is all sweaty. And I just, you know what I mean? Like I already don't either it's the pasta or that it's undigested still sitting like uh, yeah. like the car i'm making um or i just i don't know i can't i can't get over it, it has no head at all it's flat as flat as the earth
0: and it's tell us just, that was for um, the earthquakes
2: and it was like a special beer for one of the players or something uh, maybe yeah. it's a, a
0: themed beer like they shook the beer up while it was
2: fermenting
1: that's right yeah earthquake anyway whatever uh, uh, they had, just, they had it.
2: Ronaldo come in and sing to it or some shit that is just sick and wrong I have to say
1: yeah but uh, it is what it is hopefully um, yeah, I don't know man I don't even know what to say anymore hopefully the state of craft beer sort of picks itself up man let's go a little bit let's, let's stop making it cloudy because we want to let's make beer we I don't know whatever uh, Colin what beer do you have for us speaking of beer we want
3: to drink Well, I called it a white IPA, so. Okay,
1: a white IPA. What is a white IPA, my friend?
3: That's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Is that like an actual style? It is. I forget what category, but it is a legit one. You
1: brewed the thing, and you don't even know why it's called a white IPA.
3: 21B.
0: Specialty.
1: Why is it called a white IPA, Colin?
3: If my interpretation of, well, So I initially read it, I had one, but talking to people, I think I was wrong in my interpretation. I think it's basically (laughs) supposed to be a Belgian wit, but way hoppier, kind of Ah, an IPA Belgian wit combination.
1: So is that your interpretation or was that what people have told you? Okay. (laughs) What was your interpretation?
3: Um, Well, I'll let you guys judge it and then tell you why I entered it in the way I did. Okay.
1: I dry hopped with cocaine. (laughs) Very expensive beer and I would like some Mm -hmm. of it back
3: if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this should be an interesting. fall yeah, uh, in
2: every <laughs> bottle. Yeah, that would be uh, a bit. Uh, might be a bit much. I think it's good. I mean, I really like it. I think it's a you know. Um, <laughs>
1: uh, Brian Cooper, go ahead, please. Okay, uh, brought me it's a back. Hell of a drug.
0: Um, okay. Uh. Especially IPA, white IPA. Uh, if you're in the uh the app of the BJCP, it's they listed it as 21H there, which isn't really a style, but um. There you go. Well, you can't see that. Anyway, um, very high fill again. Uh, in the aroma, get a light, uh, a, a spicy coriander-like impression with a medium-high estery quality, uh, orange mainly. Does have uh, a Belgian yeast-derived phenolic at a at a medium level. Um, It seemed clean. Hops are generally floral, uh, light citrus, and um, I could be tucked into tropical, but, uh, you know, medium low muted uh, by the yeast because uh, hops just get covered up with that Belgian yeast character, like crazy. Uh, So characterful and knocks them down a lot. So like, it's like you have this, uh, what's really fun is to try the same beer brewed with an American ale yeast versus a Belgian yeast, and it's such a different animal. Um, I didn't get any DMS or diacetyl. Um, so this one, the simple is particularly cold. Uh, the one I judged last night was fair bit warmer, um, and I found that it becomes sharper late in the aroma. Uh, like That phenolic kind of kicks in. It gets a little gnarlier. Um, appearance-wise, it's a semi-hazy, light gold-colored beer with a fine persistent head, white in color, mostly finer bubbles with some larger ones. Um, I would say it's about right for appearance. Uh, I couldn't take away anything there. Uh, flavor-wise, here I get a bigger phenolic bite right up front. It's It's got a clove-like tendency, but also hints of uh, plastic adhesive-like quality, almost smoky or electrical fire-like, medium low. Mm um bitterness is medium low and restrained the malt is actually nice and weedy it comes through uh dry finish low tropical hot balance to yeast character gnarly belgian ale ferment apparent uh the phenolic stays high in the aftertaste you know no no really other off flavors other than the i mean the phenolic being really intense and uh twisting in a way that i I don't know. It's it's hard to tell if it's from the, the just the intended yeast strain or something else got loose in here, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh, – we'll find out, I guess. Um, Mouthfeel-wise, it's medium-light bodied with a lightly biting astringency, a bit of warmth and tingle in the back of the throat. I think some of that's just from all the, the phenolic in there that's being kicked up by the yeast and such. <laughs> A uh, high carbonation. Uh, the beer seems a bit bigger than it should be, despite the kind of lightish body. Um, it's not quite as refreshing as hoped. You you want kind of the best of a wit beer with the best of a an IPA, but this is just a little bit biting. Um, not just a little bit biting. It's 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 a biting. It's a kind of an attack on the mouthfeel there. So I knocked it down a couple points for mouthfeel. Um. You know, overall, this is a big and characterful white IPA with a lot going on in the flavor. Um, I guess, to me, backing off that wild phenolic uh, and or spice, which we could talk about, you know, would go a long way toward um, making it more refreshingly drinkable. Um, You know, bring in a delicate wit beer-like aspect and keep uh, the ferment as happy as you can, Uh, you know, uh, perhaps even consider blending American and Belgian yeast strains, or something, or some other way to make that yeast just less aggressive and uh, attacking to the tongue. It's just, it everything's kind of in the way of the flavor. But that said, the flavors that are there are pretty good. I guess it just lands in the know, almost like you could go to upper end of good or lower end of very good. I landed at the the lowest end of very good at a thirty. So it's it's, you know. It it's it doesn't have any big faults. It's mostly just that that phenolic just twists a little gnarly. And I think I'm probably imagining the plastic. I don't I don't think it's it's just some of those phenolics and sometimes you get a Belgian beer. This is a farmhouse Belgian beer that has some really crazy wild phenolics. I'm really curious what what yeast was used in this and how we got here and
2: and, <laughs> and why
0: we're tasting this and talking about it. And now the cocaine's kicking in. Okay.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'll let Brian talk. Yeah. All right. White white Lines IPA. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Colin, are you in a homebrew club?
3: I am. I'm a member of the Greenville Brew Stooges.
2: Excellent. You've talked about those guys before. Are Mm -hmm. you back to in person meetings or are you holding off for a little while?
3: Uh, We've kind of had some smaller groups. Uh, We haven't had like a big, big club meeting, but some of the more key members have gotten together.
2: Cool. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing this beer. I, you know, I really like white IPA. And their uh, Anchorage Brewing, probably about 10 years ago, made a really great white IPA. And I've actually brewed one like maybe nine or 10 years back, back when that was, there was an article in Zymergy uh, about it. And I said, okay, this, this sounds pretty good. And in a way, I think it was partly what kicked off the idea of hazy IPA. Because as I recall, part of the quote white of the white IPA was the the wheat, And there is the idea that you're going to take a Belgian wit beer and, you know, do some stuff to it and make an IPA, as opposed to a Belgian IPA, which is different. And I think this is maybe in some ways the the er Ur-Hazy, JP. Yeah. God bless. So Lucky uh, us, huh? Yeah. (laughs) So... um, but it doesn't have to be exactly. Uh, you read the style guidelines. It doesn't have to be exactly a Belgian wit. It uses the wit yeast or and or some of the typical ingredients, of so the coriander, and orange peel, and and so forth. And people use different different spices in their their wit beer too. But having said that, I'll move on to judging this beer. Uh, bottle inspection is fine. Everything is good. Uh, aroma. You know, there's no hop aroma. The initial aroma was coriander and and malt for me. Uh, I got low phenol, and as it warmed, the amount of phenol really kind of of went up. And I had a note that it's probably from yeast because you know Belgian yeast throw a lot of phenol. That's partly why people use them, as they're extremely phenolic yeasts. Yeah. I don't think there's anything in this beer that's that's infected. I think there's. Uh, Whatever yeast you used, threw a lot of phenol, and I'll be curious what that was. Uh, I had a, I went back and I, I erased some parts of my score sheet because I, I initially didn't like the aroma at all, and I thought it was maybe too phenolic, and then I I started to get like some orange zest, orange peel aroma, and uh, maybe I talked myself into it. We'll find out later on if you actually used any orange zest or orange peel. And I thought, well, maybe that's giving me a higher perception of, of phenol. It's hard to kind of pick those out. Uh, so I got kind of a medium orange, uh, gave it 9 out of 12 for aroma. Uh, appearance, uh, 3 out of 3, pale straw color. It's a nice pale, almost does look like a whit beer. Uh, it's hazy, and the head is large and persistent. Uh, flavor, the, the phenol was a little more of a, a knock in terms of the flavor for me. Uh, Initially, the flavor was that phenolic plastic with some esters, you know, some orange, orange peel. Uh, It's well attenuated. Uh, You know, the balance to me was weirdly kind of between the bitterness and the yeast phenol uh, in the finish. Uh, Hop flavor really wasn't noticeable, Uh, which this is supposed to be a white IPA. It doesn't mean you have to have flavor. And there was the bitterness, but it didn't get a lot of hop flavor in this beer. Uh, so it's 12, 12 out of 20. Mouthfeel, 5 out of 5. Bodies, medium-low. Carbonations, medium-high. Uh, no warming, neither creamy nor astringent. Uh, overall impression, 7 for a total of 36. And yeah, you know, both of I I opened up both of the bottles, one earlier to judge and one just now. And it's just the more I, I, I might actually knock this little down more to like a 34 or a 32 upon having this warm up a little because the phenol character is just so so overwhelming uh i think the yeast ends up covering up i suspect there are some flavor and aroma hops in here but that phenol that the yeast throws is just so intense that it covers up uh, you just have a chance to taste the hops uh or or smell them uh next time I might try a different yeast, uh, a more neutral yeast, uh, and keep the Whitbeer ingredients or try a different Whitbeer yeast, because I'm not sure this one's doing you a lot of favors. I mean, the phenol ends up, it's not bad, but it just seems like it covers up everything else in here that you want to have be in here. So with that said, I do appreciate you sharing. I haven't had a white IPA for a while, and I look forward to hearing about it. I don't think we've had a white IPA on the show ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're right.
1: Uh, did you score it, Char? Oh, miss sorry, uh, thirty-six so 30, out of fifty.
0: Thirty-six, he said. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Real you- fast before we get to 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 call and figure out about the um, spirit. <clears throat> yeah, I mean it, it is it is a weird mix of like very bright lemony, almost like a lemon juice. It's very tart um, and phenolic at the same time, which is odd. Like you got that. Whitbeer Saison character that I always consider like, um, like a glue stick like a paste and it's not necessarily a bad thing I think it's just like a, an inherent ester in the whatever but um, that's what I get out of this but there's a very bright lemony quality not even citrus just like pow just lemon I like um, that. yeah, and then without yeah. the um, yeah, let me drink it again And then, it's, and then it's very bitter, and um, I don't want to say thin. I mean, maybe the bitterness sort of hides some of the malt because it, there's really nothing there. So it's almost like three beers in one. It's, it's a little It's a little disjointed and dry and, and bitter and, and phenol-y. So uh, I don't know. Anyway, that's my interpretation of it. I would give it a 34. Colin,
0: it also it also seems to be missing kind of that that bitter orange peel that you would have in a wit beer and that can, you know, in these beers, it can get covered up by the hops, too, but I don't get that nice that however you say it curts orange. It's
1: sweet, it needs peel. a little sweetness to it, given a little twinge of sweetness. bitter, yeah, yeah, and I think it's too bitter. Um, but Colin, let's uh, let's talk about you. It's about you. Not my awesome ideas. What um...
3: so the story with this beer is is kind of funny. So uh, I had a, a big birthday a couple uh, months ago, and about six or seven weeks before then, my wife's like, "So how much homebrew do you have right now?" And I had literally ran out for like the first time ever. And she's like, "You need to brew as much beer as possible immediately." <laughs> uh, that's that's <laughs> so, a good wife. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so I had uh, I had bought the Omega sundew yeast. So that yeast, they basically took a Belgian yeast. And uh, gene spliced out the POF gene. So it's not supposed to produce phenol. So it's a Belgian yeast that's just supposed to like strawberries and pears and that kind of thing, those kind of esters. So I had brewed a beer with that and then basically collected all the blow off and had the yeast in basically a little mason jar sealed. And that is the only yeast I had to throw in a beer. So I was like, well, Ah. I'll just toss it in and see what happens. (laughs) So I don't know if it got some wild stuff in it from the blow off or if for some reason the second generation decided to throw phenol i'm not sure where genetic that came
2: engineering from. is not as good as they think it is
3: <laughs> so the first batch i brewed was was weird but tartness you talked about it had a lot of that tartness like uh, i used a like barbe rouge which to me has a very like strawberry gummy kind of thing and it was like cherry pie filling so it had that kind of tart Red fruit kind of thing mm, yeah. so okay. i think so that tartness is yeah, from the for yeast.
1: sure and tartness yeah, that's an yeah it is thing. very tart that's wild
3: so that yeast throws a lot of tartness so i i don't know but the reason i chose white ipa is because it's phenolic as i'll get out and i thought i'd get a few more points because you can have phenol and white ipa
1: <laughs> game in the system all right um, here auditing his beers Yes. How can I make this to be a different <laughs> outcome than the than the reality?
0: <laughs> uh, so is there did you do any orange peel in the beer? Nope. no, it's not. Yeah, there's I didn't nope. get any orange peel at all. It was just like, well, I could imagine coriander in all these phenolics, but I don't think that's it. Doesn't seem like I think I was imagining that too. Yeah, it's just crazy. There's so much going on.
3: Yeah, it's uh, what the hops I used, so I it I basically kind of brewed it as a hazy IPA. And then it was phenolic, so I called it a white, it basically what it boils down to.
0: That's a good way to go. <laughs> Just call it what it is.
3: Yep. Um, you guys want the recipe? Yep. Got okay. So uh, water is kind of my standard IPA. So 150 sulfate, 50 chloride, uh, and then whatever the calcium comes out to be, uh, mash pH of 5.5. Five uh malt bill so it was 11 pounds of four malta bohemian pilsner and then three quarters of a pound of flaked wheat it's a five gallon batch um, and then so like i said the omega sundew this was a second generation uh just i didn't control pitch rate it's just whatever i got from the blow off on the previous beer uh and then pitched at 70 or i'm sorry 68 let it ride till it hit 75 and then held it there until it was done uh, original gravity was 52 final gravity was six so that's like 88 percent attenuation so it went to town for sure wow
2: that's pretty good
3: it's dry uh, yeah it's dry.
2: <laughs> yeah man yeah. for sure uh,
3: so those belgian yeast tend to tend to like to ferment a lot um
1: well are you I mean, going to do this again colin
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> we did you tell learn, you how
1: to yeah improve did you learn this. anything from this
3: yes yeah, so and that yeast is fun to play with i mean I, it didn't do anything like i expected it to do even on the first generation um so I, that, yeah. again i don't
0: real question is where is all that phenol coming from correct that's insane <laughs> so, oh my god
3: so i again i don't know if it for some reason it mutated and started throwing phenol again or i got some wild yeast in my my pitch or i have no idea
0: You don't have a crisper in the back and you splice (laughs) jeans
3: back in uh, Hot bill. You guys want that too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, at 60 minutes, I did uh, about three quarters of an ounce of Magnum for 27 IBUs. And then at 20 minutes, I did uh, 0.6 ounces of Denali and one ounce of Laurel. And then my hop stand, same procedure as the last one. So uh, about 180 degrees for 20 minutes with a circulator. Uh, one and a half ounces of Denali, one and a half ounces of Laurel, and then one ounces of Nelson Savon, and then uh, dry hop to keg. Uh, one and a half ounces of Denali, one and a half of, of Laurel, and an ounce of Nelson, uh, fifty IBUs. So it's about a one one to one ratio.
0: The Nelson could be what's throwing out some of that kind of lemoniness yeah. in there. Yeah, it could. I be. like
1: Nelson.
3: Mm-hmm. Laurel gets pretty lemony too.
1: Yeah. True. All so, right. Well, no, sorry, Colin. Go ahead
3: uh denali is pretty pineapple-y and i you eat like pineapple it kind of has that spicy almost phenolic kind of thing to me as well so one of the reasons i said i didn't know like i even before i like right around the time i said i couldn't decide if that was just really really spicy hop or actual phenol and i I really do think it's phenol i agree with you guys but i don't know it kind of reminds me of eating pineapple a little bit
0: yeah it does yeah it does have an acidic bite, too, so the tartness with that that That, that lemon
1: afterwards Tropical. sort of does like, yeah. yeah. I get that for sure. All
3: right. Come well, with is that it? Up. I
1: don't want to cut you off anymore, Colin.
3: No, you're good. I, it, Second
1: time I, I've interrupted you, so.
3: <laughs> I just thought it'd be a fun beer to send and talk about it. I didn't really it expect is. it to do all that well. Actually, did better than I was expecting. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You all can right. call well, it a fruit
0: beer. Maybe there you pineapple go, pineapple something. Yeah, yeah, there you
1: go. For sure. Pineapple. I call thanks again, man. Appreciate it. All right, take take care, guys. <laughs> All All right. More it. beer sometime. Yeah. Cheers, later, man. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna come back with Nate. And Nate has a beer. I don't know what it is, but we're gonna drink it, and it's gonna be a lot of good time. Friend, friend zone time. Friend. Yep, we're gonna friend zone Nate. Um, and then maybe we'll bring him into a polycule later. We don't know. Anyway, mm. this is Doctor Homebrew. We'll be back right after this. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, thanks for sticking around, everyone. We are joined by Nate. Nate, welcome back to the show, dude.
4: Hey, guys. How's it going?
1: Not too bad. Not too bad.
4: Another repeat Uh, offender.
1: Yeah. um, You were saying uh, during the break that uh, you had... Uh, what tornado or hurricane or whatever they are uh, <laughs> big, yeah, no, big wind no hurricane. Mad, big mad wind over sharknado. there nato yeah. yeah
4: mad wind no no hurricanes
2: make it to, to the midwest here fortunately mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. We'll there was a shark nato brian said
1: i was hoping for uh just something to change it up over there no, but nobody like 40 minutes ago you had like the air raid sirens so- yeah exactly
4: yep yep yep, yep. some yeah. to the north and then some to the south yep exactly
1: wow
2: God, i hate that so much yeah.
1: <laughs> That's rough. Hopefully, you, you, uh, Hopefully, everyone's safe, man. And yeah, I you, by the sure. way, if it happens, you're staying on this phone call until the internet cuts out. I don't care if your roof goes. That's,
2: that was the agreement.
0: Yeah, the news reporters is like hanging on, like, oh, it's a little windy. Out we
1: have here, a local but... man on a podcast currently. <laughs> the National Guard is evacuating his entire family, but he's holding on, screaming something about getting a high score. <laughs> Back to you, Chet. All right. Anyway, Nate, uh, what beer did you send
4: us, man? So I sent it in American Amber Ale.
1: Ooh. All right. I love it. We were just, we had one on the last show too. Again, not yeah, as see, that. but uh, that's, that's becoming a more common style. I think in the last year we've been getting a few of them on the show. I've, I've, I've been getting them on the session a little bit too. So I think the Oof. Amber Ale is maybe the next beer to sort of rise from the ashes a lot like the lager has. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um all right, Brian Shar. Why don't you I, start us I, off? There?
2: I was you were excited about that and I was just feeling that excitement. And you can yeah. tell by the the electricity in the in the air here <laughs> in our distributed studios. So uh Nate, thanks for uh for sharing. Uh you've been on the show before and I've asked you this question, but for folks that maybe haven't heard you, are you in a homebrew club? Yes, I am. I'm part of the Rapid River Mashmasters here in central Wisconsin. The Rapid River Mash Masters. Maybe someday <laughs> when we're like traveling and doing homebrew con and stuff again, we'll get a chance to meet you guys in person. That'd be pretty nice. So uh, aroma, uh, eight out of 12. First impression I got was a citrus tangerine hop aroma at a medium level. Uh, I got uh, is there some additional piney resiny notes as it warms. Uh, low maltiness, uh, which was kind of a surprise for the the amber. And I'm going back to the sample that I opened about, four hours ago when it was 95 in here. So it's definitely warmed. So I get some maltiness, but not, it's still what I would call it a low level. Uh, Appearance three out of three. Uh, This beer is crystal clear, even through a big sample. Uh, It's a light amber, dark gold on the lighter side of the range for an amber, but it's in, I think it's in the range. And it's always so hard to tell because without a standard sample size, this is like the same beer and two different things. And okay, These do look pretty much the same, but unless you've got a standardized backdrop and standardized sample size and standardized lighting, it's almost impossible to tell what the real color of something is. Uh, to me, the guidelines uh, SRM is more of ballpark. So if you've got a stout that is like a pale straw, like, hey, hey, hold on a second there, buddy. Uh, That's maybe an issue, but unless you're way off, I don't don't really, I think it's inappropriate in competition to be trying to measure SRM because you're never going to do it, Uh, never going to do it properly. Uh, Flavor, first impression uh, is citrus orange hop flavor at a medium level, followed by a high hop bitterness. Uh, Malt uh, flavor is low, Uh, really wasn't getting the uh, Hallmark caramel malt of the amber ale style in the aroma or in the, uh, the flavor uh, it's, it's well attenuated. Uh, the finish is long and balanced. Give it 10 out of 20 for flavor. Mouthfeel five out of five is medium carbonations, medium, no warming. I uh, wouldn't call it creamy or astringent. And for overall impression, I gave it a five for a total score of 31, which is, is very good. I, I can't pick out any technical faults in this beer. I don't think there's any off flavors. I don't think there's any, uh, uh, any problems in your process. I, I just, I, I don't see, there's nothing bad about it. Uh, but I think where it's missing the mark is recipe formulation. Uh, to me, the hot bitterness was more like an IPA, uh, than an APA and an amber ale ought to have lower bitterness than an American pale ale, not by much, but it can be it's in the ballpark. Uh, and I also feel like it's missing the caramel malt or dark malt that really is the hallmark of the style that sets it apart from from a pale ale. It, you know, it doesn't. You don't have to have caramel malt. You don't have to load it up, but there needs to be some sort of dark malt character. Uh, And I wonder, because this beer, I'll be curious if we get to your recipe to hear about this. This beer is so well attenuated. It may be that you had a lot of caramel malt in there somewhere at one point, but it may have just attenuated all all the way out. I I don't know. Uh, I would adjust what I would do next time, uh, aside from the yeast, if it turns out the yeast is maybe too attenuative, I would drop the hot bitterness a little and maybe bring up the caramel uh, slash crystal malt uh, a little uh, in turn. So, again, 31 out of 50, that's very good. Uh, Thank you for sharing, and uh, now let's turn it over to Brian.
1: All right,
0: Cooper, let's hear it. Okay, Brian, I'm uh, ready to to take over here. Um, The beer, uh, I didn't check the fill on this one, had a lowish fill, kind of, uh, you know, like a centimeter above the shoulder of the bottle um open up with a nice hiss though um you know you can't really knock down points for phil but um i don't know you might just try to get it kind of a little higher up in the neck for 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 judging i i should have checked this bottle too but actually part of it's covered up with tape too so i might have anyway might not have seen it anyhow <sighs> i digress medium low <laughs> uh citrusy hop note in the nose with a light resiny quality, uh, pleasant malt is uh, base with light biscuit, faint toastiness. There's really not much carameliness to speak of here. Uh, the esters are a bright apple pear at a medium low level. Uh, very clean, no DMS or diacetyl. Uh, and I found that the the foam had some really nice lacing on it too. On the sample, just it looks great. Could not, I couldn't not give it three out of three points for for, for appearance. It's brilliantly clear, nicely done there. But yeah. Um, Flavor wise, clean flavors of uh, citrusy hop, kind of a medium level there, and faint resin combined with a uh, uh, pleasant but low maltiness, with mostly kind of a biscuity and base malt quality. There is a general amberiness here, but I don't know if that really qualifies as a flavor. I probably shouldn't have even written that word, but it's just
2: there. (laughs) Amberiness?
0: Amberiness. Uh, Low bitterness. Um, I could maybe... No. I think if I had to talk myself into any carameliness, I'd just be imagining it. But uh, it is kind of a defining quality of the beer although you know in the in the guidelines it does say like all right in the flavor it says usually with a moderate or in the aroma I'm sorry usually with a moderate caramel character and in the flavor it says uh malt flavors are moderate to strong and usually show an initial malty sweetness followed by a moderate caramel flavor so the word usually is in there and sometimes other character malts in lesser amounts. So, but I, I find it hard to imagine uh, an amber ale without any caramelly flavors to it whatsoever. So, you know, I, I could be talked into a tiny bit of carameliness, but it's just not prominent enough to really say, "Wow, that's that's a little caramelly," or "That's even a tiny tiny bit caramelly." Um, anyway, I digress again. Uh, It's fairly even balance, uh, but the hop wins just slightly to me. Uh, Super clean ale fermentation, uh, low esters, finishes nice and dry, uh, maybe a little too dry uh, with hops and some malt in the aftertaste. Body-wise, it's medium light bodied with a medium high carbonation, faint carbonic bite. Prevents the smoothness from kind of shining through. No obvious astringency, but just a bit of a bite from uh, either carbon dioxide or some combination of CO2 and and a little alcohol in there. Um, there is some alcohol noted, just not too. It's not really warming. Just a little bit of like, okay, there's you know, it's not wimpy. Uh, and maybe it shines through a little more with just being so dry. Uh, the beer is not creamy. I wouldn't call it anything like that. You know, I really like this beer. It, I, I, it's a, it's an enjoyable beer, and if you, it's, it's like a lightly hopped IPA almost to me. It's not. It doesn't scream amber ale. Mm. Uh, kind of lacks the depth of maltiness that I would desire for an American amber. Has great hop character that I really think blends well with, uh, the the malt that's there. Um. I think some added sweetness in the finish could accent that and make it start to scream Amber ale. <laughs> uh, the, the, the slight hint of caramel that I imagined was there, uh, you know, is it, it needs, it needs some friends. It needs, it needs more, but don't go crazy. I wouldn't just like, okay, I'm going to dump in a half a pound, of crystal 60 and here we go. You know, or, you know, but it just, just add a little bit at a time and it's a really nice beer to start with. It's just, and it's cleanly brewed it's just out of balance for the this style so i would start by doing that add a little more caramel but also back off the carbon dioxide just a bit and it's kind of smooth out some of the flavors and make it a little, the mouthfeel just a little more smooth um i landed at a 33 i really like the beer i just i wanted to score it higher but um it's just not it needs you know it, it's it's it needs a little more to get into the a little better into the style there's really no flaws so i couldn't really push it down into the good only good territory that's it's very good just um needs a little recipe work really The process seems fine um you're drying it out quite a bit um yeah. but yeah i'd love to hear the recipe and hear where you let on your gravities and what you did with your yeast and what uh yeah, it, how much caramel
2: malt there really is
0: in there? There's probably a ton of it, and we're just <laughs> missing it all together. But it's ninety
2: four five percent caramel malt. Yes. yes, it's an all caramel malt beer, guys. Right.
1: Mm. Well, one grain of Turo for conversion. Uh, go ahead, Nate.
2: Exactly.
4: Sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for the feedback, guys. And as I'm tasting here, I'm, I'm picking up a fair amount of caramel. Maybe that's just my taste, but I've, I had a couple of, um, Irish reds earlier, so I haven't been, you know, saturated with hops here lately, but and maybe maybe just bottle variation too, but, or maybe it's a sensitivity thing, but this is yeah, from re-
0: our, our fourth beer of the night. So <laughs> our palates are a little,
4: yeah, but yeah. Yeah. So from a recipe standpoint, so I, I had 10 pounds of, um, just two row or, um, brewer's malt basically and that had a half a pound of caramel 80 in there which to me that's oh, that, that's yeah and when I, all up, wow. cause i'm trying to, i was trying to drive that red color and uh or amber color and, and get yeah. that malt characteristic
1: like half a pound is not a lot but 80 is a lot half yeah, a but... pound
4: of <laughs> <if> 80 <laughs> i think is a lot But,
1: but... The, yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah, that's what i mean any... half a
1: pound in of itself of any crystal ball isn't like out of the realm but 80 is yeah but it can I
0: start it. going like with the 80 or getting towards like more of the 120 and the special B kind of flavors with like that raisiny fruitiness almost, you know?
1: Yeah, it. I think it would I think it would highlight the toasty, roasty caramel that I'm getting out of this. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, but it's okay. also one-dimensional too. That, that 80 is like, that's it.
0: Continue, please.
4: Sure, so so the rest of it, so that um, Caramelite, so about half pounds, that so winds ends up being about 4%, it had another about 4% of Carapills, another 4% of um, Red X, so that Best Malts Red X, just provides, I think it's like a, an 11 or 12 level bond. it's just, I think it tries to just accentuate those red notes and kind of get some red hues into it, and then that. I, And then I did a late addition of about 4% total. So three ounces of pale chocolate and three ounces of your favorite special bee um late in the match <laughs> so b- before that's i did a... as much
2: special bees you ought to ever use so well, that's a good restrained <laughs> yeah. head yeah
4: i'm glad you guys didn't pick up on too much reason you know it's there because I, re- I was ready to get a, get a beating for that so i didn't mm. i didn't hear that so i was kind of happy but just just trying to bring some of that the color and, and a little bit of the flavor without bringing a whole lot but yeah. by the sounds of it maybe i could have brought in a little more of that pale chocolate or added it earlier to to bring in some of those toasty notes and and maybe a little more color than what than what's being observed here today uh,
1: i'll always love a pale chocolate dude heavy-handed uh, that it's fun yeah it's great i love it
4: i i, I do too i think it, i think it adds a lot to a lot of different different styles and I, I use it on that my um my uh irish red as well i think it adds
0: a nice compliment there yeah for sure. yeah why not some why not some 40 or 60l crystals in there though to, like kind of the middle
1: yeah, Nate, you dingus.
2: <laughs> I,
0: uh, I, I thought that half a pound eighty was was going to be too much. So,
4: I yeah, I I thought that was going to be sufficient, and and you know just the caramel's not showing through. But you guys definitely picked up that it, it seems drier. And when I was planning this batch out, I you know worked through some brewing software there and it, it planned to be at ten fourteen, ten fifteen, and for whatever reason this got down to a ten oh eight. So definitely a little wow. drier. And yeah. I think
2: you guys are
0: picking up on that very dry and i think it's it's really well
2: attenuated that might be
0: part two of what's pulling away from the carameliness that is there it's it's just so dry that you don't have the sweetness accenting the carameliness and your taste buds are just used to having that there with it you know but the the 80 is going to give you a lot of color and some you know towards some richer like not not roasty or chocolatey but some like dark kind of like uh Stone fruit, almost, or maybe a little, yeah, stone fruit, but not just the warm caramel of a of a sixty or the light caramel of a forty. No, what it is, honey,
1: like of a twenty. It's sort of like it's sort of like Baker's chocolate <clears throat> or like a bitter chocolate, where it you know sometimes you get like the high cacao percentage chocolate, and it almost doesn't taste chocolatey but it's that that twenty that top twenty percent. Like if you look at the the flavors, like, uh, you know, whatever on a chart. It's that top 20% that's like, that's not bitter, but it's sharp tasting and it's almost astringent, but not in the stringent in the way that we mean it in a beer. And I know that none of this is making any sense. We would have a brain.
2: But I, that- I agree with this. <laughs> Please continue. Yeah.
1: It's that little tiny bit of like, it's just sort of, you know, that just it drives, the, 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 it's like a tacky thing that just drives. Um, maybe it's the 80 it's that, you know, I, I would, I would go like 15 and 40.
4: You oh, do, we don't know. 15 are like a, okay. 15
1: and a 40. I would, I would do a blend with caramel malts. You want to do a blend. I think a, a crystal malts, you want to, you want to get the best of both worlds. You want to get the, the rounder, softer notes of the, of the lower crystals, but you want to get that raisiny caramel crystal malt aspect of, you know, the 40, that's why the British crystals are so good because you get like a 50, mm-hmm. 60. It's a range and you look at the grains and some are darker and some are lighter yep. and it sort of like does that for you too. Yeah. I think, yeah.
0: Maybe the intention I, was to bring some of that in with the carapils, but really the carapils isn't going to yeah. bring in that much uh, caramelly flavors at all. It's just... No, like, not at all. It's a, it's a pale, you know, technically caramelized malt, but it's done at such low temperatures and, you know, it's just not doesn't develop those colors and those flavors that come yeah. along with it
1: well and especially if you're shooting nate for uh, the raisiny notes I, I anything you go above 80 or, or 80 and above I, I think this is what you get where it's more of the the darker roasty grain flavors rather than the the sweet aspects of the crystal malts which is what you were trying to achieve so i wouldn't i wouldn't go like Seventy-five or low. I would go seventy-five or lower on a blend. Sure,
4: that, that makes sense. That, that's kind of checking, adding that extra carrot pills and just get the the sweetness up there, trying to balance that out. Because I thought I was going to get plenty of color out of the that pale chocolate and the and the eighty, but maybe I could have used a little more color. But...
1: Well, I think your colors fine. I mean, yeah, maybe good. like a little bit, but I you know I think and I think the the, the other problem is. Half a pound of eighty—that's too much. Eighty. You could use eighty. I'm not saying never use never use eighty or never use one twenty. I'm sort of going to walk that back a little bit. But half a pound of one crystal like that—that's too much. And then you get over overdeveloped flavors like that, and you sort of miss what you're trying to put in in the first place because it does have all these extra things hanging on the back of it.
0: You keep that Just go do a quarter yeah. pound, and then and a quarter pound of the sixty, quarter of the forty, quarter of the twenty, or something. You know, just go broad yeah. spectrum and try that. Get all the flavors of the rainbow. I don't know.
1: Yeah, pick two, maybe three, and just blend them up. Yeah, sure. you maybe
0: don't want kitchen sink either, yeah. but <laughs>
1: well, I, in, in times like this, uh, I'm always reminded of the the Colin Kaminsky's 100 grain recipe.
2: Oh, where he yeah.
1: Would, where he, he would take all of his grains and the percentages that they're in, so like, if he had 80% two-row, he would count out 80 individual grains of the two-row malt, and then, you know, do all the way till he had 100 grains. And then he would put them all in his mouth at the same time, chew them up and swish them around in the spit. So the starch is sort of converted and that you get a little sweetness. And he's like, it's not perfect. It's not going to taste like exactly like the beer, obviously, but it's a good representation of the way the, the wort is probably going to taste in the mash. And it's a good way for you to check the balance of, of if you have too much of this or too much of that, you can try that. See if that, see if that helps in this sort of, you're trying to dial a thing in um, like a what a, a a pretty significant amount of flavor that might that might that might help you
4: sure good good thoughts there JP appreciate your feedback yeah yeah for the, and, a good thought,
0: yeah.
4: if yeah for the attenuation I'm not sure why it took off so much it was just a, a 1056 mac pack i Pulled it the fridge the night before and wound up smacking it in the morning before I started the brew day. So no starter didn't didn't go crazy mm-hmm. on any amount of yeast there, but it must have just the right conditions there and took off. So or maybe I, yeah. I might have been a touch warm when I pitched it. So that, that
1: might be part of it too. Maybe this is too good. You're too good of a home brewer.
0: It yeah, it fermented fine. So yeah.
1: sure. Sure. uh Nate, questions?
4: um no I I don't think so I mean I I appreciate the feedback there and I know you guys talked about like the hop notes there and that's one thing I I like to try to push towards an an APA almost with my amber ale just I I like that that hop backbone you know with it so I had an ounce of cascade at 60 minutes so it just all cascade and centennial I did a half ounce of cascade at eight minutes and then centennial at five three and basically flame out so
0: um, yeah, I really liked the classic quality of the hops, just, you know, citrus mm-hmm. and a little resin, real nice. And and it was at a level that I liked, it was like pushing towards, like you said, kind of that APA kind of territory. Real nice. Yeah, I, I liked it. Yeah, right. trying to keep it to the American style there with the, the casket yeah, I mean, and centenials. Yeah, antenna, you, so. you could have just pushed the hops up a little bit more and pulled back those uh, crystal mulls and this would be a r- really nice uh, pale ale or IPA even, you know. Yeah. Uh, especially being so dry it just it does almost reflect apa or or ipa kind of territory so yeah i don't know controlling that dryness you, you can't it's hard to just stop your fermentation um what, what did you mash at with it
4: so I was, I was mashing at one it looks like 155 is what i'd set at. so i had an all-in-one this is brewed in the winter here so i kind of yeah. an all-in-one that i work in the garage and, and 155 again I, I i didn't expect that to get all the way down to uh you know 1008 there so i mean maybe the temperature was off a little bit maybe i was you know got closer in the you know low 150s maybe and just kind of curious on that but
0: it should be fine it is always a good idea to calibrate your thermometers when you you know if you ever have a weird thing like this or you know just anytime. but uh just you know make sure you're using a good thermometer or calibrate it if it's if it's calibratable, and uh make sure you're in the right territory for that
4: yeah, I'll kind of check my water too just I don't wonder if I've got you know I'll, I'll double check and see what that what that um, sulfate what sulfates I had in there because I think that kind of tends to dry dry beers out. so maybe there was you know too much of that in there and not enough you know chlorides in, in the water there to maybe add a little more multi backbone or kind of balance that out.
0: Yeah, the chlorides would add a little impression of sweetness, but it's not going to, you know, with, with it being 1008, it's not going to take away yeah. the dryness. It's it's It might accent the, the malt a little more, but it's not going to suddenly turn it into a sweet beer at all. <laughs> but yeah, sure. it's, it's I really enjoyable for what it is. I, I really liked the beer. So, you know, as a... Yeah, it's good. Whatever this is, it's, it's really good. It's, <laughs> it's just a thing. not a certain defined <laughs> style. Right.
1: What's the ABV on it?
4: So it want up being a 6.2 because the original gravity was a 1055 and getting all the way down to a, you know, a one zero zero eight there came out at a 6.2 roughly.
1: Yeah. You can feel it a little bit. You definitely get a little alcohol and I like that too. <laughs> yeah. You can go either way. You can, I mean, you can try like just increasing everything and, and, uh, and go for like an American strong ale too. I mean, it has a good, it has a yeah. good multi, you know, uh, thing. It could do with a little complexity either way, either lower gravity or higher gravity, but uh, it, it's a good, that's a good jumping off point for sure. Well,
4: that's a one or two for me. I just take, take that base malt of the, of the two rows. So 10, so I mean, I was at 11, almost 12 pounds of, of total grist there. So maybe if I back that, that 10 pounds of, of the pale malt and, and bring that down, maybe it lets those crystal malts shine a little more too in the, in the, in the beer, gives it a little more color, gives it a little more of that maltiness and that, that lets those caramel malts show through and, and do more for of sure. a blend like PJ, like JP suggested with a, uh, you know, forties yeah. and twenties and maybe some 60 in there as well.
1: Yeah, I would I would do both of those things and I think uh I think it'll be 20% different for sure. <laughs>
4: yeah. All right.
0: Yeah. Thanks all for right. sharing it and sending cool. us all this beer and we've we've definitely enjoyed having you on the show and yeah. stay safe there, keep your family safe and hope all your friends and everybody in the area there is uh okay, but yeah, this this uh you know, climate change. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah, it's,
4: it's summer. Some of it's, it's to, to be pitch. expected, so
0: Yep. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, they, they, yeah.
2: Yeah, thanks for the beer, Nate. For sure. Nice talking to you.
0: Yeah, it's yeah.
4: always good talking with you guys and I always appreciate your feedback and it's nice being on the show. So appreciate it.
1: Oh yeah, Any, come back anytime, man.
4: All right, thanks guys. Hey, Have a good night. Take it All easy. Right. Nate. Good night. Bye.
1: All right, we're going to take a quick break, everybody. And we'll be right back here on Dr. Homebrew. Stay with us. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-ceiling faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duotite draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com. Back to the examination. Hey, everybody. We're wrapping it up here on Dr. Homebrew. I want to thank our guests, Nate and Colin, for sending us beers. If you want to be as cool as Nate and Colin are, send an email to brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. That is thebrewingnetwork.com. Brian at, but not in that order. And he will get back to you in time and we will get your beers on the show. We are looking for beer. We're looking for cider. We're looking for mead. We're looking for wine. We're looking for hard cider. We're looking for kombucha. I will sake. fucking Let's drink sake. 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 What else can you ferment? Uh, maple syrup? Is maple syrup fermented? I don't know. Cocoa. Sauerkraut. Sauerkraut, cocoa beans. If you wanted to send us your fermented cocoa beans, we'll do that too. I don't care. I'll do whatever <laughs> you want.
0: It just uh, you know, it, it does take a while to be as cool as as nate and and colin because they've sent us a a mass amount of beer and shipped it across many time zones to be here with us and stayed up late multiple uh multiple times with us and and uh we appreciate that so but you know if you're a hypochondriac a hypochondriac like them you can definitely do that and i don't know
2: I wish we had we'll, something for you.
0: We'll see them uh, up on the stage somewhere and they'll be just laughing at everybody else. I don't know. Man, <laughs> That's right. We I'm, I'm are telling the you champions. If,
1: if if they if they rebrew for our specs and they enter that competition, we had better be listed as co-brewers. You.
0: <laughs> That's what I'm That's hoping. That's how we're
1: racking it up. That's how we racking I get the
0: medals. Brew without brewing, like just everybody who brews based on my advice. It's i my heard is, is that doing. how
2: we get our Ninkasi award, JP?
1: Yes, that is exactly how we're the most awarded non home brewers ever.
0: Right. So, everybody will hate us
2: again and
0: all that. So, yeah. Oh, the damn Brewing Network. Always that was wins. a fun
1: time to be a part of where everyone was like, uh, oh my God, these people are following the rules. That sucks. It's the,
2: <laughs> the homebrew that Let's everybody... change the
1: rules so no one can have fun and then make it more complicated for people to have fun because that's what we're all about. Fun is complicated. Fun is complicated. That's why there are condoms, Brian. Uh, Okay. I don't know. Uh, All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I really appreciate it. We are back next month with two brand new Dr. Homebrew shows. But until then, if you want to stay tuned to the Brewing Network, we have sessions coming up. We have two Brew Strongs being released next week or next month as well. And there are two already in place. Uh, The boys talked to Phil Allen from Anderson Valley Brewing Company, all about GOSA. And then they convinced Fowl to stay on for a question and answer session. So that was a good time talking to those guys too. And then the shows before that we dropped were um, about the history of lager brewing in America. I forget the gentleman's name, uh, Lynn, yeah, I forget. Anyway. Um, good dude, good conversation. That was a lot of fun. Two episodes on that. Um, so if you're any sort of loggerhead or just be your historian buff sort of in general, those are good, uh, good shows for you.
0: Here's the deal though. The brewing network has been generating content for decades now. This is like, yeah. this is a tiny drop in the bucket. If you just like tuned into this is the latest podcast about home brewing or whatever there's, you know, we've had, you know, co-hosts before there was a Brian, too, there was you know there was a Keith guy, and there was <laughs> my good friend Lee, who is has departed the planet. But uh, yeah, listen to those early episodes and have some fun, like going the kind of time traveling and early session episodes, and just go crazy. Not know, too and, early, though. I will not say, not too early. We, we just, were,
1: you know, for and- for radio in two thousand five to two thousand twelve, we were sort of stupid
0: enjoy the, the travel, a lo- jp becoming uh more mature
2: a man uh,
1: yeah we ages. were we were dumb and we said dumb shit but you know we were trying to be sensational and that's just sort of what we were trying to do and uh we don't do that anymore and that's okay people grow <laughs> they, they learn and they understand but i will say there is no outlet no beer outlet at all before or since that has put out more influential content than the Brewing Network. I will say None that whatsoever, that is all, wholeheartedly. All these people who came after us—they're just—they're just doing what we did. They're taking what we have said to other people and regurgitating it. This is us. The Brewing Network this is 100. percent That should be a T-shirt. The Brewing Network has influenced your favorite brewery. It That's has. Right. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. I don't know what to say. Probably. Um, not. All right, everybody, thanks a lot for tuning in. And until next time, we'll see you later.